church family. Uh, this is going to be an exciting one because unlike the other ones where uh, we're going through the book of Esther, uh, I decided to reserve the Fridays to do more of a Q&A. Uh, uh, I will, you call it free for all Friday or whatever you like. It's just basically my time just trying to answer some of the questions you guys might have. Um, as I said before, I'm not going to answer every single question because there's a lot and some of them might take longer to cover than, <clears throat> longer to cover than others. Uh, so I'm just going to choose three. Uh, that's a way to just kind of kick things off. And uh, just keep sending in your questions, and uh, I'll just keep answering as much as I can. And just looking at the questions that is sent in, if there seem there seem there seems to be uh, different categories of questions. <clears throat> There's a like personal type questions, like what I used to do back then or what I'm doing now. Some like more practical things. Uh, there are also current event type questions. Uh, there's some theological questions and, uh, and just life questions. And these are great. And eventually I'll, I'll try to get to all of them. I'll try to touch one of these, uh, one of these categories, uh, in each of these uh, recordings is mainly so give it like to some diversity in terms of what I want to do in terms of answering some of your questions. So the first question here, uh, again, I don't know who, who's sending these. So if it's your question, then great. If not, then I'm not. You know, I'm not ignoring you or anything. <laughs> so the first question is this. Does one need to be baptized in order to be saved? And does it matter on location? Uh, so I'll, that's a two-parter. So I'll answer the first part is, does one need to be baptized in order to be saved? The answer is no. And the reason why that is, is because the Bible is clear that salvation is by faith through grace, not of your own works. Um, and, you know, uh, I could just kind of list out more verses. Um, you know, John 3:16, for God so loved the world, um, whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Second uh, Corinthians 5, uh, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, let's see, Galatians uh, 2:20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God for if righteous come through the law then Christ died needlessly. Um, Galatians three twenty two but scripture has shut up the shut up every one under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus might be given to those who believe. Um, I'm just flipping through my Bible and just like listing all these verses and you can see over and over again that uh, in the New Testament and, and even the Old, that salvation has always been about faith. It's never been about works. Um, and I think some of the the controversy with baptism, I think comes in, in, uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Uh, this is the verse that cults love to use to say, like, this is why you need to uh, work, you know, work your way. That's, this is why you need baptism. Um, the verse reads this, Peter said to them, repent and eat. Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the question in this verse is actually the word for. Like, what does that word for means? Like, usually when people interpret that word for, they mean like, like the, it's it's like this is what you need to obtain it or something. This is what you need in order to get it. But the word for here actually means because of um, the original and even the way the the word is used. You receive salvation. Uh, you get you get baptized in the name of Jesus 
because of the forgiveness of your sins. So it's a result of the forgiveness of your sin. Uh, that's why you get baptized. An illustration I often use is, is, uh, is of pe- people that are runners um, or an athletes. Let's say there's an Olympian that tries to, that's running for, uh, that, that runs in the Olympic Games and they win. Uh, the question is, the kind of illustration is, were they a runner before the gold medal or they were runners before? And that's why they received the gold medal once, the, once they compete. The answer is that they were runners beforehand, and the gold medal just affirms the fact that they were runners. Um, so that's what this word for means, and I think Colts try to bend it and use even this verse and other verses as well to say that this is why you need to be baptized. But even in the context of Acts, if you read Acts and Luke, which is the same author, you find that in both Luke and Acts, it talks about how salvation is not by works. In both the uh, instances, it's about how our faith is what saves us. Um, I'm flipping to flipping towards the end of um, in the crucifixion. Uh, this is the, this is one where uh, the criminal in, in Luke chapter 23 verse 39 said one of the criminals who hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, "Are you not the one? Are you not the Christ? Save yourself!" But the other uh, but the other answered and rebuking him said, "Do." You not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. <clears throat> and, for, and we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he said, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. <clears throat> Christ didn't say, okay, now before you get to paradise, you have to get in some water first and get back on the cross, and then you can be with me in paradise. There's the same author from both Luke and Acts. And if you keep going through the book of Acts, you'll see also as well that it's all about faith in the Lord. That's what leads them to salvation. Um, Acts chapter 13. uh, Therefore, let it be known to you that through him forgiveness of sin is proclaimed to you. And and through him, everyone who believes is free from all things from which you cannot be free through the law of Moses. Chapter 13, verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing, glorifying the word of God, as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. See, these, it would be inconsistent in context of Acts chapter 2, when it's like, oh, you need to be baptized in order to be saved. But every other context of Luke's writing itself speaks of how you need to believe in order to be saved. So that's the first question. Does one need to be baptized to be saved? The answer is no. Um, and the second part is, does it matter the location? The answer is no. Uh, Acts 8.36 was a Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, he uh, had the, uh, Isaiah read to him, and he said, oh, who, what is this? And Philip explains to him. Then he says in Acts 8.36, uh, as they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Uh, 38, and he ordered the, uh, the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. So it's really the location doesn't matter whether you're uh, from SFBC or from another church or you're new to the faith. It doesn't matter where you get baptized. Uh, I have friends that were missionaries in Russia. They were baptizing people in the in, in the ocean, and I assure you that they these people did not do a rebaptism. They got baptized once in the freezing water. They believed, and that was it. They never decided. No one in Russia thought thought came think to themselves. 
oh, maybe I need to get rebaptized again because it's freezing water. No one would want to do it again. It's only in like comfortable Western cultures that we think about rebaptizing. But on, on this related note regarding baptism, baptism is not, you don't need to be baptized to be saved, but you do still need to be baptized because it is a command from scripture. Baptism uh, is so closely related to uh, to Christianity. That's, that's why some people think like, oh, in order for you to be saved, you've got to be baptized. But that's not true. Baptism is usually just like the initiation process. It's like the very, the most basic elementary thing you do as a Christian. You don't need to um, do much in order to get baptized. Like it's the most basic thing. And I think it's hard in our culture because it's we do it only once in uh, in our lifetime. Um, when I was at Grace Community Church, it was almost like a big event. You know, we have every Sunday night, and a lot of people. <clears throat> wanted to uh, make sure that all their friends and family are there, so they would sometimes delay their baptism for months. And, and I, I understand baptism is, is important, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. Um, it's, it's in fact, uh, I would say that the, uh, the other uh, sacrament, communion, that's actually something we need to take more seriously because there's actually a command from Scripture that if we do it wrong, that we'll get uh, judged for it. Uh, whereas baptism, it's like for newbie Christians. It's not for people that are like, seasoned in the faith it's designed for the the most it's, it's like the low shelf kind of thing it's like the most elementary thing that the, the most infant thing you can do it's the it's the most it's the most basic thing a christian is supposed to do so not getting baptized isn't a sin but not wanting to get baptized is a sin because again it's a command from scripture that you get baptized but if you don't want to get baptized or you refuse to do baptism then there has then there's probably some other areas in your life where you don't want to submit to the Lord. Um, so does baptism save you? No. Uh, does it matter in terms of location? No. Uh, but you should get baptized if you're not baptized. Um, so that's the first question in terms of baptism. Second question. Uh, there's a question regarding uh, complementarianism versus kind of complementarianism versus egalitarianism. If you don't know what those terms means. Uh, complementarianism is basically the, the idea that there are specific gender roles uh, in the context of the home and in the church, uh, where husbands have certain responsibilities and wives have certain responsibilities, and men in the church have certain responsibilities, and women in the church have certain responsibilities. And uh, in the context of scripture, those things do, should not cross over. There are things that, that's, that's only, that only men is able to do, and there are only things that some things that only women are allowed to do. That's the comp- complementarian. Like uh, these uniqueness are are good, and they're designed by God to to just show the distinctiveness of the church that we're united in the body of Christ, but there's still different roles in which um, in which uh, the the church functions or in the home the, with the home functions. Uh, the egalitarian is basically saying there's no such thing as genders uh you can, it's all about what you want to do if some husband want, that doesn't want to lead in a church and you know, women want to lead they should totally lead or in the home uh, uh there's no like leadership it's uh, uh it's just whoever is the best skilled or most talented so if it's the wife then she should lead as opposed to the husband um so the question is then this if i if i were sfbc hold to the complementarian position of gender roles uh what are our thoughts in terms of women pursuing work outside uh, or leadership position outside the home or the church and i say it's, that's totally fine uh the, the bible speaks in terms of what it needs to be in terms of the home and then the church and if you're outside uh the church then yeah you can do whatever you want uh 
I've, I've had these long discussions with um, friends and uh, just different people when I was in, when I was growing up about this issue. And a lot of it is just people assume that when you read passage like First Timothy two, where it says that a man should not have a woman should have an authority over a man, they think that that's regarding to like, uh, oh, does that mean women can't be professors or women can't be presidents or CEOs? Like, no, that's not what it's saying. First Timothy is in the context of the church. This is saying that, that there should be no women leading men in the church. But it doesn't speak about what's outside the home. If you want to do that, if you want to lead, if women want to lead outside the home, that's totally fine. That's not, um, you know, that's not that's not prohibited in Scripture. Um, the Bible is clear that in the home and in the church, there are specific roles that are distinct uh, to really show the world. Like, this is how God's designed for the home and the church is supposed to be. Um, but at the same time, if you want to pursue a career and you want to advance uh, to like a leadership position, you're a lady. Yeah, that's totally fine. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that. You want to be a faithful steward with your talents and your gifts. And uh, for some of you, you might be able to uh, get into high positions to serve and honor the Lord and to see it in, you know, in a company setting. But when you go home and you let's say you're, let's say you are married, um, and you go home, that your position, your CEO position, or whatever leadership position you have outside of the home gets checked at the door. Uh, you submit to your husband when you get when you're at home, and I think that's the way the Lord designed it. Uh, there's there's liberty there in terms of uh, uh, how that looks like outside the church, but within the context of the church and in the home, the Bible is really clear in terms of the roles. Um, from a personal standpoint, I've, I find that even in church history, I find that people that in churches that hold to egalitarian view tend to gradually um, go towards a liberal uh, theology. That's usually kind of like the gateway theology towards liberalism. The reason why that is is because when they'll see certain passages of First Timothy 2, they'll say, well, this doesn't apply to us. This doesn't uh, refer to uh, our time. And then the question then is, well, then if this doesn't apply, then what about other verses? And, and, and as you keep going down lists, people, you find that people that hold to egalitarian views will eventually start denying other passages of Scripture as well. That's just a personal thing that I've noticed in terms of people in my own life, as well as just looking at church history, that this is usually the first thing that breaks. And, and, and what happens after is like a floodgate of liberalism. Eventually they deny the inerrancy of scripture. Last question uh, is, what did you do in your free time as a single adult? And I, I kind of chuckled at this because I didn't really think about what my time was like. Um, you know, you, you don't usually think about it when you're in it. But I guess as I look back at it, I kind of remember certain things. Um, I'll say this, I'll, just, I'll divide my singleness, single adulthood into two phases or two eras, the, the college era and the seminary era. Um, when I was in college, I, 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 I exercised a lot, um, not because I wanted to show off or anything, but because I, I had a hard time falling asleep at night. So, and I realized, like, why am I, why do I have a hard time falling asleep? It was because I had a lot of energy. So I, I forced myself to get up really early. Uh, to work out a lot. I think some days I work twi- I worked out twice a day just so that I can basically exert all the energy I have so that when I get home, I'll just, or when it's time to go to bed, I can just knock out. Um, during my time in college, I did a lot of ministry. I served in um, the college uh, campus at uh, Cal- Cal- and Northridge, is in, down in L.A. Um, I also worked. Um, so my free time was really... Uh, I spent it a lot on either being poured into by uh, individuals 
that was, that was discipling me or I was pouring out into others or just hanging out with them. Uh, sometimes I would, um, you know, we'll go watch movies with them or read. Uh, I, I read comics as I actually started reading when I was in college because uh, I don't know, I just found it interesting. And I'm an English major, so there were, I, I did a lot of reading uh, when I was in uh, when I was in college. I read fiction, read commentaries for fun. I read like all these different things, just to kind of broaden my um, my understanding of the English language. Uh, and uh, I used to game a lot. I think that was one of the things I did in college as a means to evangelize because a lot of my college or high school friends I hung out with, um, they were all, you know, they were scattered all out in California. So one of the things we did was we played online and uh, we, it was kind of like, like the only thing that I can relate to them in because, you know, they were non-believers. So when we, we did hang out in person, oftentimes there would be like drinking and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm not for that. So this is kind of like the only thing that I that I can do with a clear conscience. Um, so sometimes you'll see, like, if you're, like, watching us play, our character will sometimes stop and we'll just be, like, talking about things. And, uh, and yeah, it was just my way to try to, like, get to know them, even evangelize to some of them. And um, so that was like, kind of like my time when I was in college. Um, I also worked part-time, too. So I, there wasn't really, like, too, I mean, I, I had to learn discipline and I didn't, when my schedule was packed, I was doing a lot of different things, but, but I made time for leisure and like relaxation or whatever. When I got into seminary, it changed a little bit. Um, I didn't, I didn't read as much. I had to you know, read more of my like seminary books and theology things and, com- and you know, books for school. Uh, I exercised not as much, but I did. I started doing Muay Thai in, when I was in college and so when I was in seminary. Because uh, I lived near uh, a studio, so I thought it would be cool to like learn it. And um, also because I uh, I was going on a, a short-term ministry trip to Albania, and someone told me, oh, that's the place where the movie was taken was. This is where the bad guys are from. So I was like, I think I should learn this just to protect my team. And afterwards, I just kept I just kept I kept it on for like a year or two, and then I stopped after a while. Um, I had I had very little time free time when I was in seminary. Uh, mainly because my my responsibility at the church uh, grew, and even my res- responsibilities at the at my Bible study grew, and I was like doing different small groups like multiple times of the week. Um, I had like elders meetings or meeting with one of my elders and different things. It's kind of like just packed with things. Um, I would get up at like 5:30 in the morning, and then my days would end at like. 12 at night kind of thing it was just like it was just busy and ministry and studying and work and all of that um and then eventually I started dating Kelly when I was in seminary so basically spending time with her kind of became my uh free time where I was um doing things with her uh so if she wanted to study I'll just study with her if she wanted to go check out a restaurant I'll check that out with her and um you know the, certain things just went away certain hobbies kind of died down just mainly because uh, my life was just, just different. Um, so that's kind of how I spent my free time as a single person. And uh, it's different now, even at those very moments. Free time for me is strange because um, basically my child is my free time. And uh, sometimes I, I still like relax and do like watch movies or stuff with Kelly and, you know, whatever's normal things, I guess. Um, but yeah, because that's how I usually, that's how I spend my time back then. As a single adult, um, 
Okay, that's enough for today. That's three questions. And it went a lot longer than I thought. I was hoping it would be shorter. But, uh, but yeah, keep, keep sending in your questions. Uh, hopefully, uh, and these are good questions. I really like the first two. The last one was, was a fun question, so I thought I'll end in a, a, a lighter notes. But yeah, ask the theological questions, ask the practical questions, and I'll do my best to try and answer them as best as I can. And, and, this, and if this was your question and you need clarification, feel free to email me, and I'll answer it in um, you know, with the email. Or you can, or we can like we can talk online or something like that. Um, anyways, thank you uh, for listening, and uh, we'll resume Esther uh, in the next one. Okay, bye.